Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show once again. And we are live at the taping of this show. This is live, but it will be podcasted later, like so many of my shows are okay uh enjoy my podcast uh enjoy and have a safe day day or night whatever it is follow this show always follow this show for 2018 2018 and that's something wow another year older some of us want to see it some of us don't but one of the things that's happening in the city of chicago the weather i mean it's it's 51 degrees at 6.05 p.m. in the city of Chicago. And um, it's phenomenal. Last week, we were freezing our asses off, literally freezing. I mean, there's so many people coming down with the flu, maybe including myself, uh, because of the cold weather that we've gone through for the last two or three weeks. I mean, it was really, really, really – I mean, and it was not just Chicago. It was in a lot of cities around the country. And, um, you know, uh, for now to be almost 51 today at the taping of this show and 60 tomorrow at the taping of that show is phenomenal in the middle of January. Okay. 2018. But (laughs) 
you know, we'll take it. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to bitch about it, but it's just, it's just weird. And there is something with this global warming thing. There is something more with climate change. Uh, there's no doubt about it because this is weird. I mean, even when, when we were, when we were uh, 30 below zero, that was weird. It was uh, unprecedented and, uh, you know, breaking records all over the place for cold weather. And now we're, now it's almost spring, right? <laughs> spring, is, it's going to be spring for a couple of days in January in the city of Chicago, maybe where you are too. And I want to talk about uh, the, the mudslides in Southern California, which I think are, think are uh, bad for some of the people. I'm, I'm hearing 15 people have already passed away in the mudslides and that's, and that's not good. We have to send those people our prayers. First is fires. And now I think there are some fires still going on in California in isolated areas. But however, uh, then after the fires, the snow, the cold, and then come the mudslides, the rain and all that kind of thing. And uh, they just can't catch a break. So we have to send them our prayers, right? And we have to send help if we can help. If we're able to help someone, let's do it. Okay, that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. Forget Donald Trump and the thugs in the White House and, and do your thing. Let's do our thing. Let's do what we do better. And that's that's helping each other, helping one another who we know to be in bad shape. And it, it will make us feel a lot better if we, uh, you know, decide to uh, uh, help others who are uh, asking for help and also help those who are not asking for help. Some people are too proud and to ask for help, but we have to show them that, you know, they have nothing to be ashamed about. And uh, if you need help, you need help. And and the best way to get help is to ask for it. Uh, help will not come if you don't ask for it because people can't read your mind. They can't read your thoughts. If you need help, you got to put, put it out there that you need some help. And, uh, and if you decide to help somebody, make sure, make sure that this person that you're trying to help isn't trying to scam you. So do your homework before you, yeah, we all have great hearts. We all have giving hearts, but there's so many people out there who will take advantage of that and try to scam you out of, out of your money or out of whatever, uh, uh, whatever you're trying to offer them and they want it. So it's okay to help people. It's great, beautiful. I'm with you, but you have to watch yourself. You have to watch yourself and watch the people you're trying to help. And, uh, you know, because there's scams out there, they're all over the place. You don't know what's what uh, or anything. You just have have to be careful because they're coming after you. They're coming after what you think you what they think you have. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on. This is my four hundred four hundred and sixty fourth show. Four hundred and sixty four. Actually, it's been a lot more than that. I just deleted a lot of them. I I try to uh, delete some shows if I if some of the shows you know, aren't uh, the best that I can do, or there's some sort of a technical difficulty that has gone on within the show, I'll, I'll delete it. But um, basically, if I wanted to say how many shows I've done since the three or four years that I've been doing this, I'm relatively new, folks, so you have to um, forgive me if I make a few mistakes, but I'm relatively new. But um, on the screen here, it says 464 episodes that I've done so far. <laughs> But I'm, I'm, but I actually think it's close to a thousand or over uh, a thousand because there's shows that I, had, I have deleted over the years, and some some of the shows I deleted were pretty good, pretty good. 
but uh, you know, uh, I I just kind of thought that there was a limit that you can do on this uh, Block Talk Radio. I thought there was a limit of shows that you can do or have for people to listen to. But hey, it seems to be unlimited. I mean, I've gone to other uh, talk show hosts. I've, I researched their uh, uh, the uh, the number of shows that they've done compared to the number of shows I've done, and you know. Wow, 464 shows is nothing compared to other talk show hosts on Block Talk Radio who have over 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 shows. So this is nothing. Uh, but it is something to me, okay? It's something to me. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. My guest is Melissa. Melissa, excuse me. Or is that Melissa? Melissa. Okay, whatever. Uh, she'll explain that once she's on, uh, Russick, Russick, R-U-S-C-A-S-K, if, if I'm correct. Okay, we'll just, she's on the show today, and that should be interesting. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We are 10 minutes to being <laughs> on the air, uh, close to 10 minutes, 11 minutes maybe it says here. But you know what? The clock's always at least one minute or one one minute fast or just two or three minutes earlier, uh, I could say what time it is in, in in the city of Chicago. You may have a different time on your clock or one or two minutes late, one or two minutes fast, one or two minutes early, whatever. Or, And uh, a lot of people who are guests on the show, they, you know, they don't know whether to call in uh, 30 minutes before the show starts or 30 minutes after the show starts. I try to send specific directions, but some people just, you know, make mistakes. All right. Um, making the world a better place. That's what this show is all about. Making the world a better place. Uh, the Talk About Times is back in 2018. Yeah. This is st- so far, this is still a new year. 2018. Wow. Mm. Okay. Worry and worry and the feeling of helplessness will defeat us. Stay positive. Stay engaged. Stay focused. And stay on a mission to take our country back. That's what it's all about. Hate has no room here. This is not about hate. I mean, there's so much hate in the country now. And somehow Donald Trump and his goons have, you know, resurrected the ugly underbelly of America. So, you know, hate is here, but it's not on this show. Okay? I made that specific when inviting people to be on the show. You know, if you have hate in your heart, this is not the place. If you have a bunch of lying in your heart, this is not the place. There's plenty of shows out here. I mean, talk show, radio shows, television shows that cater to hate, racism, and white supremacy. Not the George Wilder Jr. show. Not this show. All right. Uh, One other thing. Try to be nice to one another out there. Too many people are just angry all the time. Try not to look so angry and mean and bitter all the time. <laughs> that saps your energy, man. That, that It really does. It saps your energy. And it's totally unhealthy. Okay? Uh, uh, be nice to one another. You know, uh, it is so easy to be nice to one another. Yeah. All right. George Wilder Jr. show. And I'm glad to be here. And uh, I'm glad you're out there. Whether I uh, promote the show or not. And... <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. Sometimes I forget to do that because there's something on my screen here to say promote your show so people can listen and, you know, all that kind of thing. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen.
my son has been um, arrested for walking while black. Um, so well, I get a, a, it. A lot of sons have been arrested. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it doesn't make me, you know, you can't buy your way out of this one. You can't educate your way out of it. Um, it's just it's, happening too much, or at least we know about it now. It's, it's always happened. Um, we see more evidence of it. And too often people still are inclined to say, well, if he'd had a different attitude, well, if he hadn't been driving, well, if he hadn't been this, if he hadn't been that, almost as if the victim is partially to blame. You know, in the case of Garner, well, he shouldn't have resisted. In the case of Brown, well, where was he? In the case of Trayvon, well, he had a hood on, you know, and in, in, in the case of whoever, you know, in case of uh, Sandra Bland, you know, well, her attitude was better. It's like, no, stop, stop. This has nothing to do with the victims. This has everything to do with the culture of demeaning a person of color. And, and there is no justification for society where my son has a far greater chance of being stopped, held, killed than your son, simply because he's black. <laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Traditionally, perhaps you aren't aware of this, traditionally, if you're Donald Trump, uh, there's supposed to be a separation, a significant separation between the president and uh, the FBI and other uh, aspects of the DOJ. Um, he obviously doesn't like that. He's been very clear throughout uh, his term. Um, but here he's making it uh, very clear also uh, with Laura Ingram. The saddest thing is that because I'm the President of the United States, I am not supposed to be involved with the Justice Department. I'm not supposed to be involved with uh, the FBI. I'm not supposed to be doing the kind of things that I would love to be doing. And I'm very frustrated by it. So, look, if you just left it there, then it could be, okay, he wishes he could be doing that. He doesn't understand how the country's supposed to work, but fine. Um, but then you get what he actually does. And so, look at what we woke up to this morning. Um, some of this is yesterday, some of this is morning. Uh, tweeting, everybody is asking why the Justice Department and FBI isn't looking into all of the dishonesty going on with crooked Hillary and the Dems. Uh, when he says everybody, he means I am asking about that. So there he's putting pressure on the Justice Department and the FBI. Uh, he says people are angry. At some point, the Justice Department and the FBI must do All I wanted was a much-deserved promotion, and he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. 
All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I've found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment it turns out is not about sex. It's about power and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer, her male subordinates would wave one-dollar bills in her face and say, "Dance for me." And when she went to complain to a major, he said, "What? Only one dollar? You're worth at least five or ten." After reading, replying to all. And crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts: one in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. Seventy-one percent of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward. They're still called liars and troublemakers, and demeaned, and trashed, and demoted, and blacklisted, and fired. 
Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I too was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me. He also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again. Again in a car, and he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch I couldn't breathe. These are the events that suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that, until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people, including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988, nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He. President of the United States, in spite of it, and shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. <laughs> I was working so hard to prove that blondes have a lot of brains. But ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington, D.C., and shortly thereafter. I too was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia, and when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me, wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour, like I'd seen in the movies, and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the '60s and '70s, and that that was the culture then. Yeah, that was the culture then, and unfortunately, it still is. Why? Because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment. Women should just take another job and find another career. Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. 
Women, they bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. <laughs> Women make it up. Yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down. I would know. Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift, one of the most well-known and richest singers in the world, didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar. And I'm so glad she did. Breaking news: the untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe, welcoming, and harass-free environment. That's it. So, how do we go about getting our power back? I have three solutions. Number one, we need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. 98% of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. 70% have prevention programs. But still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9/11. Millions of times we've heard, "If you see something, say something." Imagine how impactful that would be if we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment. To recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victims. This is my shout out to men. We need you in this fight, and to women too, enablers, to allies. Number two, change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands, and if you don't know, you should. And here's why: Time magazine calls it right there on the screen, the teeny tiny little print in contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard. Here's what it is: forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again, it's secret, so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. to change the laws. And here's what I tell the senators: Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it, and this is why we should all care. Number three, be fierce. It starts when we stand tall, and we build that self-confidence, and we stand up and we speak up, and we tell the world what happened to us. I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. 
I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son Christian, my 14-year-old daughter Kaya, and boy, did I underestimate them. The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. And my daughter came home from school, and she said, "Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer." And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, "And mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom." And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable. She came home to me and she said, "Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it." <laughs> All right, uh, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. show. That is that was one compelling story. I want to move on though. Um, Republicans have Four convicted criminals running for Congress in 2018. Let me let me say that again. Republicans have four, four, one, two, three, four, convicted criminals, thugs, racists, obviously racist, white supremacists, running for Congress in 2018. Four, and three of them are bragging about it. Yeah, we're white supremacists. We don't like crap. We're thugs, but we're going to win. They have four. This is this is why it it is so important. It is so um important. So imperative that people vote and you we vote in large numbers vote in large large numbers so that you even if they try suppressing the vote even if russia tries to meddle in the 2018 elections there will be so many people voting it will not make a difference it would not make a difference you know as i understand it right now the government is trying to find ways to keep Russia and other countries from meddling into the uh, 2018 elections like they did in 2016 elections. And we have Donald Trump because of it, because of it. But anyway, let me get back to, um, on, and there's been 22,000 comments on this. Now, I can understand this because this this is our government, and the Republicans are putting in more trash. They 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 want to vote in, they want to vote in the office, into the Senate, into the uh, House of Representatives. They want to vote in more trash. We're not going to have we we're not going to let that happen. That is not going to happen. We're not going to vote these four people in, and and anybody else who uh, who is a convicted criminal and a white supremacist racist. These people want power. That's all they want. They want power. So Republicans have four, four convicted criminals running for Congress in 2018. Make sure you stay up, stay engaged, stay focused, and do not let these guys into our government. And the, and the thing here is, 
Three of them are bragging about it. Yeah, we're criminals. We're thugs. But we want to be your senator. We want to be your representative. Do not let that happen. Wow. Let's, let's see. Um, yeah. Yeah. They fork. <laughs> the Republicans are crazy. And as I've said this before. Um, no Republican should ever be reelected or voted into office again. We know what they're about. They're not about America. They are about destroying America, and they are about making as much money as they can off America. These people don't give two dams about the people. They don't care if you or I drop dead right now. They couldn't care less. And we voted for their asses. We put them in office, and they, they couldn't care less. And you know what one person is saying that, uh, okay, one person is, is saying, and I agree with her, uh, in some states, I'm quoting, convicted felons cannot vote. Exactly. In some states, convicted felons cannot get a job shoveling dirt. Exactly. And we need to examine the legitimacy of felons holding elected office. I mean, if you are if you're if you know someone who's who is a convicted felon, convicted felon, a felony is more than one year in prison. Okay, these people have been served more than one year in prison. That's because they're that's why they call felons, you know, and now they want to run for office. And and it seems they're going to be able to run for office. Now, if you and I, if you or I were a convicted felon, we couldn't get a job shoveling manure. And that's the way it is in America. And I mean, if you've been behind bars, <laughs> no way, no way is someone gonna let you drive their cab or their Uber. Um, be a part of their Uber family, you know, uh, ride sharing programs or any job, period. You know, I mean, you can't get a job doing anything if you in this day and age, if you've been in jail, they don't even want to talk to you. But politicians, a lot of these guys and girls think they're they are above the law. You know, a lot of these people think they're above the law and the law can't touch them. Yeah, convicted felons cannot vote. And in a lot of states, if you're a convicted felon, you cannot get a job. But it seems like in politics, there may be an exception. And that's wrong. That is wrong. They can vote once off payroll and or, prob- or probation, just not allowed um, to run for a political office. Exactly. They should not be allowed to. Uh, run for political office, you know, but I'm pretty sure Trump is a convicted something himself. So he's probably going to say he's probably going to welcome it because you know why the Republicans are going, well, we need the votes. We need their vote. And they are going to go around. I'm pretty sure these guys, these convicted felons uh, probably have started uh, their petitions. You know, you have to get so many signatures, uh, valid signatures, uh, Real signatures, authentic signatures, I think about a thousand to five thousand signatures in order for you to get on the ballot. I don't know, uh, but I know that is what it takes 
in a uh, Illinois election. I can't say for Arizona and other places, but uh, I'm pretty sure it it's probably something similar. Wow, that is something. Other um, the other convicted criminals running for office as Republicans are Don Blankenship, the former head of the coal mining company. Wow. And then there's another one, Dan Donovan, a Republican of New York. And then there's Greg Granaforti, who is running for reelection. Four convicted felons. They should not be allowed to run for office or even get reelected. I remember there were some uh, um, convicted felons, criminals in the city of Chicago who they were trying to run for uh, office, aldermen, you know, representatives, and they were totally, totally turned back. Whether these four guys are allowed to run, uh, let them run. And we're going to put some real people up against them, some Democrats, some independents, and blow them out of the water. Bring them on. That's what I say. Bring on the criminals. Bring on the thugs, GOP, conservatives, Republicans. Bring them on. And, and they're Democrats. We, uh, the voters, will defeat them. But I don't see how in the hell they should be able to run in the first place. They're thugs. They're crook. They're convicted. They have criminal records. They've been in jail. <laughs> wow. Wow. I feel sorry for Montana because they have one of these criminals running for office. And But these people want to go to, they want to go to the Senate and the, and the House of Representatives in Washington. This is not like a state house thing or, or anything. They want, they want the whole enchilada. Uh, and I'll say again, bring them on. If they think that they're going to be able to, uh, 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 it, it's laughable because I don't think I don't think that the voters this time. I mean, the voters are pissed off. I mean, the voters of this country are pissed off, and and there's a, a there's a climate that tells me that they want the Republicans out of office and preferably in handcuffs because a lot of this a lot of this uh, a lot of the crimes they've done. Is probably money laundering. I'm pretty sure that's something that that they're looking at on Donald Trump. Money laundering. Uh, that I'm hearing that's one of the reasons why we we don't see his taxes because we'll find that out. You know. So as they always say, follow the money. You never know where it might lead. Back to Russia. From Russia with love. All right, uh, and uh, this should be a, a, a uh, an extraordinary conversation for um, for social media. Uh, Republicans uh, have four convicted felons running for Congress, November twenty eighteen, or just in general in Congress in twenty eighteen. I mean, um, I, I think Democrats are fired up. I mean, uh, the uh, grassroots Democrats are fired up. I mean, we are going to vote these scum. Make sure this scum never gets into office. Vote this scum straight up out of office. And um, try to undo some of the damage that this administration has done, has caused, if that if we're not blown up by then. You know, so uh, keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is 630 Six, uh, six, not six thirty, but six forty-three. I'm looking at it wrong, and um, 
Yeah, and there's another story that they're talking about some woman being thrown out of a, uh, uh, a, a teacher's meeting. She's a teacher herself. She was handcuffed, and all she did was ask a question. She asked it the second time she asked it, um, and it was a legitimate question. She said, why is the superintendent getting, getting a raise and the teachers have not had a raise in a few years? And suddenly she was handcuffed, thrown out, and arrested. Now the teachers are um, um, they're protesting. I think they're boycotting, protesting or something, her arrest because uh, people are saying that this violated her constitutional rights, and it sure did. And it sure did. All she did was ask a question. Where is America headed? When you can't, I think this is the third or fourth time that I've heard something similar to this happen. Someone is just in a crowd of people. They're at a meeting. They're at a town hall. They stand up. They ask a question, a simple question, a question that should be answered. But suddenly they ask the question. They're they're handcuffed. They're wrestled to the ground. Uh, picked up and thrown out and arrested for asking a question. Now, something uh, is wrong with that. Is this the Trump uh, world that that we're living in? Is this because of Trump? It could be. I don't know. But I, because I do know Trump, he loves physical confrontation. If you watch a lot of his rallies before he be, actually was president, his campaign, they were fighting and all this kind of stuff, and he was egging it all on. He'll lie about it, but it's on tape. <laughs> it's on tape. He's egging out. Punch him out. Hit him. Drag his ass up out of here. This is Trump. So um, uh, uh, did a lot of this stuff himself. And some of the people, and, and you've got people around in America thinking they can do the same thing. And, you know, it, it just... Where's America headed, folks? I mean, when someone can't even ask a question, a legitimate question, without being uh, treated badly, physically, handcuffed, knocked down to the ground, yanked back up, and then thrown into a police squad car and taken and put in jail. All because they ask a question, a legitimate question, a question that uh, should be answered. So I hope they sue these people, who, and I hope she sues the officer who put the handcuffs on her, even though he was probably following what his supervisor was, was telling him. But it was still wrong. It was still wrong. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It is 646 straight up p.m. Chicago time, and it, it feels like it's in the 50s, 55, 60 or something, folks, in the city of Chicago. We deserve it. We truly deserve it, and I hope wherever you are in the world that the weather is cooperating with you, you know, cooperating, and you're not freezing like we once were. It was just so, it was just so cold. I mean, you can have on, you can have your furnace on, you have your radiators on, you can have your space heaters on, you can have be in a, a luxury of your own home, but it was just so cold outside that uh, you know. <laughs> it, it, and uh, I've been hearing hearing that so many people now have the flu from what was going on last week, a few days ago. But now it's, you know, uh, the changing of the weather. But the changing of the weather, you know, it it, it causes something to uh, go wrong with your body mechanism. You know, so yeah, I did get my flu shot, but 
But once that flu shot wears off, <laughs> I'm going to be down for the count. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And um, we got more Republicans retiring from um, or quitting uh, Congress. Yeah, more Republicans are retiring. Every time you look around, somebody's quitting or somebody's retiring. And don't be fooled, folks. These people are not retiring because they want to spend more time with their families. They're not retiring because they want to go fishing, do more fishing. They're retiring because they have received their cash payout with this tax cut. They've gotten their money. Uh, Trump, with this tax cut, Trump uh, gave them millions and millions of dollars, and now they feel feel that they don't need to work for the American people anymore. If I don't think they ever worked for the American people anymore. They work for their donors. <laughs> That's who they work for. And they're cashing out. As I've said, they're cashing out. And, and so be it. I mean, if you're going to take your, take, take your money and cash out, uh, go ahead. I'm just going to put somebody in there that, that's really going to represent the people, uh, uh, politicians who are really going to give people a voice because uh, people are feeling voiceless. They're feeling helplessness, helpless, and they're feeling as if they're not engaged because nobody listens to them. But I, I always tell folks, I always tell them, stay engaged, stay focused, don't give up. You know, you, you still matter. You guys still matter, and you will always matter. Um, we've got to stay focused because we have to take our country back. We have to stop watching Fox News because we know that's not legitimate news. Majority of the people on there probably, maybe, I know Hannity, they're not journalists. You know, so they just, you know, <laughs> they can do what they want to do. They don't, if, if they were journalists, they're probably not following the journalistic ethics, you know, that that are out there. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. Follow me on Facebook. You can follow me right here. I'm here most of the time anyway. It's, it's great to be on. And I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in and um Let's do this. Keith Olbermann. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. 
The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice, from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon. If Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough and he resigns, or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome, that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms and then boastfully run for re-election on having removed him. The fifth endgame is the same thing only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. 
and even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct, as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them, have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump, and that they won't say, to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements, and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend, but it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing, again, recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few, he might avoid six of them. He's not gonna dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it, and we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying, and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying, this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ballgame was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ballgame is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This card is not coming up. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics. And instead it became 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words and something approaching 400 million views. And I am proud of it, and I repudiate none of it. And it has been my privilege to do it, and I'm especially proud to have done these videos for free and for charity. But frankly, I have not enjoyed one minute of it. As I'm certain it has also been for you, for me, it has been unadulterated pain and revulsion and horror. The process has become nearly 24-7, and I've said so much that okay, I can and have recycled seconds. old commentaries from months ago, and they have been fully applicable to breaking news. We've come full circle to such a complete degree that on Sunday, Trump tweeted a complaint about, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. The title of the 46th episode of The Resistance from last March 14th was, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. I've made my point. So now that I think the outcomes, the seven different inevitable outcomes, are unavoidable, I'd like to go back and enjoy some of my life again, and I'm going to. No illness, no scandal, no firing, just I've said what I've had to say. It was as obvious as I made it seem. I give my work everything I can, so it's not like I can dial it back. And I think even this dim-witted world of American political TV reporting, which is still calculating how to get Trump's idiot supporters to watch their networks, and still waiting for Trump to pivot, even it can carry this the rest of the way. So I am retiring from political commentary in all media venues. This is not to say a bed of roses and reconciliation awaits us. 
The post-Trump America will be relieved of his prodigious evil, but in its place it will have Trump as living martyr. That prodigious evil and rank hypocrisy and immorality of his supporters, perhaps a third of us, will not vanish with him, and I'm not sure that the democracy has not been damaged too much to deal with their lawless, unprincipled rebellion, and I do not see this country's politics truly healing in the next 30 or 40 years. But at least the bleeding will be staunched, and we will have a chance to alter a phrase I heard somewhere to make America, America again. Thank you for all the kind words and all the support. Have fun storming the castle. My work here is done. Matter of fact, so is Trump's. Resist, remove, peace. All right, that was Keith Olbermann, and he, uh, as he stated in the, in his closing, that his work has been done. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't give commentaries anymore, but I'm gonna always have that particular clip on the show because it reminds will remind me of the good work that he's done uh, throughout his career, his career. And I want to say good luck to Keith Olbermann, whatever he decides to do. But I have a feeling he loves he loves what he did. Uh, all those years, and I'm pretty sure he may decide to come back. And if he does, we're going to welcome him with open arms because he is a true fighter for the little guy. And he hates Trump. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. The man just despises Trump. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, Trump said the other day that he was uh, a genius. And uh, that man is have you ever noticed him sometimes he does these little interviews where he touts how smart he is how intelligent he is and the schools that he's gone to and trying to say things like he's not dumb he's not stupid he's not ignorant as everybody else as so many people around the world and in america thinks and you know he just looked more crazier when he tries to explain to people that he's not dumb and a lot of us do agree that Donald Trump is the president of the United States. The people of America and the people around the world, we are the ones are supposed to look at him and say, wow, he's intelligent, he's smart, he's bright, he should, run, he, he should be running for re-election. It's our uh, – that's our job is to – because he's supposed to be representing us. He's a public servant. And we're the ones who's going to give him an A, B, an A or a B or, or an F in his handling of, the, of his job. He's not the one who's supposed to come out, oh, I'm bright, I'm, I'm intelligent, I'm not stupid. He's not the one supposed to come out and, and grade himself. We, the Americans, who he's supposed to be representing as president of the United States, we're the ones supposed to, like, as I've said, give him those kinds of accolades. If, oh, Trump's doing a great job. He's doing a wonderful job. He's, he's a genius. That's up to the American people to say, not for Trump to say about himself. Because the majority of the American people think he's what he says he's not, you know, including myself. You know, I think he looks more ridiculous, more crazy, more out of touch when he gets on television and starts bragging about how smart he is and, and, and how what a genius he is. And all the time, we, the American people, 
who are following him knows that that is not true at all. That is not true at all. Trump, Donald Trump is about Donald Trump. Donald Trump likes for people to say nice things about him. He wants people to love him. He wants people to say that he's great, wonderful. He wants people to say that he's more than just president of the United States. He's king. He's the emperor. We're the peasants. <laughs> he's throwing us crumbs, right? While he's throwing the corporations and the millionaires and billionaires millions of dollars, millions of dollars in cash as they roll around in profits already. So I always thought that was pretty peculiar for him to come on TV and tell the American people that he's smart. I'm a genius. I'm a stable genius. That's laughable. That's totally laughable. And that's just bring more criticism on him. He knows nothing about nothing. He has no class. <laughs> a lot of people have been saying that he has no class. Uh, he can't spell. He, he, he needs a grammar test, especially if you, uh, you know, uh, reading his tweets. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder doing the show. And I want to say one other thing because I can't hardly believe this. Four convicted, four convicted criminals are running for Congress. I mean, if if you have if you have a job working in a warehouse, if you want to get a job working in a warehouse, if you have a criminal record, you're not going to get any job. You're not going you're not going to get a job working at McDonald's if you have a criminal record. And yet these guys are running for Congress and they have criminal records. They're felonies. And in some states, felons can't even vote, at least, you know, I mean, not to the extent that. Uh, Americans, uh, people without felonies vote. Wow. GOP tries putting the con in Congress. Wow, this is crazy. I mean, when you think these people can't get any lower, they do. When you think they can't, you, they can't get any crazier or wilder, hmm, hmm, they do. When you think they... Uh, couldn't think that America is more stupider or that we're not paying attention or they can lie and, 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 and con that we're in the Congress, they think we're stupid. They think we're not going to notice this. We're, you know, and they're all white, too. <laughs> they're all white men. And, yeah, white men, no blacks, no women, no anything. Just four white con men, uh, felons running for Congress in 2018, November 2018. And they're serious about this. Wow. And we just knocked out uh, a sexual harasser, uh, Roy Moore, knocked him out because of his um, sexual misconduct. Now we, <laughs> now uh, America. Republicans, just Republicans, and they have a bad, bad uh, poll uh, on them. They're trying to put in more con people. You would think they were trying to get better. You think you would think Republicans would try to get back on America's side. They're not. They don't give a damn about what we think. They don't care what we think. They're gonna try and put these four criminals in a, in office to vote against you and me and to take down America and to get rich, and to go in kissing Donald Trump's ass. 
this is what they want. And to demean and take out America. Racist. You know, I mean, they want they want to, they're gonna cut everything, they're gonna get rich off of us, just like Donald Trump is. Donald Trump is getting rich off of our taxes. And he's giving our tax money and the and the money that he uh extorts from these social programs going to the rich. And nobody's and nobody is being held accountable for this. I mean, Donald Trump and his goons in office, and he's going to have more goons in office because these people, uh, maybe he, they may, he may have more goons if they, if these guys win. I don't think they have a chance in hell of winning, even if they coming from a, a, a really Republican state. I don't think they're going to have a chance in this. Republicans, the grassroots Republicans, have to have some kind of morals, some kind of uh, compass about themselves, and not throw these guys in office because they feel they may feel that these people from their state that that's trying to run who are criminals may no doubt if they should win come back and take away their happiness that's what it's all about so hopefully uh arizona <laughs> and uh, some of these other states will not vote in these these criminals even though uh it's a conservative these are conservative states probably all right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and we have been talking about uh, Republicans. I mean, they, if they, these guys and girls couldn't get any lower, they do. Okay, teacher arrested for criticizing boss pay raises. You know, so uh, I, I alluded um, a little bit to that, uh, you know, so I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more coming out of that. Trump EPA could allow teenage workers to handle dangerous pesticides. Trump is doing so much or trying to do so much to distract us away from the Russia investigation. I'm hearing that he will be answering questions with Robert Mueller face to face, the special prosecutor in the Russia probe, the Russia investigation. A lot of people are saying Trump shouldn't meet with this guy, you know, to answer questions. Because he may just up and lie. And a lot of people want, and I, and like I do, we want Trump to be under oath. Because if Trump is under oath talking to the special prosecutor, uh, he's going to jail. Because if you lie under oath, you commit perjury, and that's an offense. It could be a felony. It all depends on how much he lie and what he lies about. You know, because um, Mueller is going to ask this guy some some really serious, straightforward questions, and he wants straightforward answers, not uh, like uh, his surrogates give when they go out on these uh, talk shows. You know, a lot, a lot of these politicians uh, and, and aides to Donald Trump, they go out on these talk shows. They sit at these talk shows. They go out to answer questions, but once they get on the show, they don't answer a damn question. They talk and say what they want to say when they're when they're invited on the show to answer questions, you know, they have, uh, this is probably in their contract or, or something that they told them to do. But a lot of these guys like, you know, this asshole, Stephen Miller, uh, what's this other person's name? Uh, Kellyanne Conway. I mean, these people are surrogates to Donald Trump. And when they go on one of these cable talk shows, you know, they get up there. They don't answer the questions from the moderator. They don't answer a direct question. They'll push the question aside, push it 
push it aside like it's nothing and just start saying whatever the hell they want to say. They, uh, to me, that's breaking their contract of, of of being on that show because before you can get on any show, Don Lemon's show or any cable show, uh, the first thing they ask you, uh, you're going to answer my questions that I asked you. Yeah, we're going to answer them. And once they get on the show, they don't answer a damn thing. They're talking all around the question, down over the question, disrespecting the moderator, you know, because they're on TV. Then suddenly they get their asses kicked off and told that they cannot come back on again. And Donald Trump will say, well, they did a great job. You did a wonderful job. You did an asshole of a job. You know, so. Um. Supreme Court appears divided over aggressive Ohio voter purge process. And that's another thing I was talking about. I was alluding to the other day that uh, the Republicans in Congress, Donald Trump and all of these folks, they know that a blue wave is coming November 2018. So they're going to try and suppress the vote any way that they can. They may even try to get Russia again to meddle in the elections again but i'm pretty sure the united states is doing everything that they can to stop russia from meddling into the elections if these guys and girls are not you know kissing trump's behind let's hope they're not and let's hope that there's some people out here uh, still fighting for the good of america we want to take america back to where it, the standing in the world where it was before Donald Trump, because of, we've gone down a lot since Donald Trump. A lot of people don't like America anymore. A lot of countries do not like America anymore because of Donald Trump. A lot of, peop- a lot of countries want to blow us off the face of the earth because of Donald Trump. So, you know, and Donald Trump scares a lot of people, and rightly so, because he has his hand on, he has his hand close to or on the nuclear button. And I'm hearing he can use it anytime he wants. Donald Trump is unfit. He's uncontrollable. He shouldn't have the nuclear button nowhere near him. But somehow the Republicans are allowing it. You know. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Alrighty, uh, we will be right back. We're gonna do this. Billionaire uh, philanthropist and activist uh, Tom Steyer is uh, back with an ad that he has produced, uh, calling for Donald Trump's impeachment, and he wanted to put it on a place where he knew that Trump would would see it. And so, of course, he chose Fox and Friends. Uh, let's see what it looks like. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI. And in direct violation of the Constitution, he's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and removing a dangerous president, then what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer, and like you, I'm a citizen who knows it's up to us to do something. It's why I'm funding this effort to raise our voices together and demand that elected officials take a stand on impeachment. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less. Yet today, people in Congress and his own administration know that this president is a clear and present danger, who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons, and they do nothing. Join us and tell your member of Congress that they have a moral responsibility to stop doing what's political and start doing what's right. 
Our country depends on it. So if you thought that the president might not have seen that because he was doing some important government type stuff, you haven't been paying attention this year. Yes, he watched it, he immediately tweeted about it. Wacky and totally unhinged Tom Steyer, who has been fighting me and my Make America Great Again agenda from beginning, never wins elections, which is a direct response to the charges later, it's not. So look, he's pushing for that. He's, I guess, able to. I'm surprised that Fox actually ran the ad in the first place. I have recently read, just this week, that their ad revenue is down 17%. So it's possible that they, they can be less choosy money. about the ads. But Fox and Friends is a popular show, I think, at least in the White House. It polls very well. And so they decided to run that. Now, Fox and Friends audience was not happy. They were deluged with a torrent of tweets. And comments on the articles about it saying that they had been taken over by commies and Jews. And that's why they were doing this, that they were just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. And this, man, audiences really expect consistency in a message. Because if there's anybody who has earned, for better or worse, protection from the charge that they're not sufficiently pro-Trump, isn't it Fox and Friends at this point? Like well, they've done nothing but help him and praise him for a year. But they run this one ad and people are leaving their show. They're not watching anymore. Yeah, I don't believe them anyway. Yeah, I don't so, believe it. Yeah, look, uh, th- that's why they were probably particularly angry. They're like, this is a bubble. You are not supposed to allow mm-hmm. opposing viewpoints into this bubble. Yes. It really disturbs us. But people who huff and puff and say they're going to leave, I mean, just check the comments below. <laughs> okay, they never leave. <laughs> they're like, oh, like- the next time. You do this again, but no, there's a lot of like, I'm gonna change the channel. To what? To reality? Like, good luck with that, buddy. I don't You're know, not there's a so lot well. of new right-wing channels. The hotel I'm staying at, there's there's really? so many new ones. Newsmax has a 24-hour That's channel, true. and uh, uh-huh. what is it, is it One America or something? OAN? Yeah, OAN, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was watching it yesterday. That's true. I was like, Uh-oh. maybe they're the friends of Fox and Friends, you know? So I always wonder, I always watch Fox and Friends, I'm like, who are the friends exactly? I, I know Which who friends? Fox true, is. Because all those who people are, are employees. Yeah, yeah who, I don't paid see the friends. I think That'd be not- cool if there was a crossover with the actual show Friends. And, and like, <laughs> That's like what I someone, thought it was. Someone can web that together <laughs> and like, like, let's have Fox and Friends, you know? Let's Ross! Have, let's have <laughs> Steve Ducey dating uh, somebody on that they, show. But they need the revenue. I mean, if they're going to keep on paying out, like, everyone who accuses their, their hosts oh. of sexual assault and they have to silence them, $32 million That's for true. Bill O'Reilly, man. You need the money. I get it, Fox. Um, but I actually thought that this was a pretty effective ad. I mean, he's calm. Uh, he is those blue eyes, those like steel blue eyes, <laughs> staring at you as the yeah. camera just slowly pans in. I thought it was effective. I just thought that the messaging could have been a little different. I think it could have just been like, Donald, seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we know you need help. We want to help you. Step down, buddy. You can golf. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um, you can do that anyway. So, um, my, I want to get Tom Steyer's message too, but anyway. for, first, I like Trump's message. Steyer never wins elections. Good reason for that, never run for one. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh for O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I assume that he means the money that he puts into elections. Yeah. Right. And of course, that's not true either. He's won, he's lost based on who he's funded. Anyway, uh, so. 
I think that the Steyer ad is, is smart in a lot of different ways. Uh, they, uh, they're gonna rally everybody to their own side. It was smart to run it on Fox and Friends to get under, under Trump's skin, who is, they, they know cannot help himself and yeah. will give you free publicity. Which is a tactic John Oliver's used a couple of times. He's run ads on Fox yeah. and Friends. Yeah. And so really well played, uh, I think it was super smart. Uh, they're gonna get a lot of people on their side. side. And you know, and Steyer uh, is very wealthy, he's a billionaire, uh, he's a progressive. And he's not looking to take the money that he uses and create benefits for himself like tax cuts. Mm -hmm. uh, he is not arguing for that, right? And so it's not out of self-interest, except for the fact that the main money that he spends is to try to uh, fight against climate change. So I guess he's got a conflict of interest because he'd like to stay alive. He's got an All agenda. Right, okay. yeah. And he wants his kids and grandkids to have a planet. Can, can I play devil's advocate for just a second? Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I agree with basically what, what they said there. And certainly he's, he's free to, if he wants to pay for an ad, you can pay for an ad, I guess. It happens all the time, corporations do it. Uh, so, but it does make me a little bit uncomfortable that we have this class of people and some of them are progressives and pro environment and all that, who are so wealthy that they can unilaterally just produce these political ads. And like, I don't know that anything he said there was inaccurate. So maybe this isn't a good example for me to criticize. And I'm glad that Fox ran it. But it is still just more advertising coming from the direct point of view of a billionaire. Like, I agree with this one. But yeah. that they can just, like, they could buy out all the ads sure. if they the want. The country is billionaire versus billionaire yeah. versus billionaire. We just have to hope that the right billionaire wins. Well, and that's a shitty position to be in. Because of that subtitle in that commercial, we, we know he's an American citizen. So <laughs> well, that was my favorite part. Yeah. American <laughs> citizen. I just love that. Yeah. So <laughs> like, just okay. in case you're worried, yeah, we'll can relax. All right. Well, look, this uh, be balanced here, and uh, I'll join the fray of, uh, you know, slight criticisms here. Uh, one is uh, American citizen look really goofy. Totally yes. agree. <laughs> like, come on, dude. We, I mean, you could have wrote written Homo sapien, yeah. right? Like yeah. human being. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. Uh, it's like a way of saying. All right, Trump. Uh, this is just in. Trump refuses to commit to Mueller's interview. So therefore, it's. It could be saying that Trump will not be sitting down with the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, in the investigation into his meddling, uh, into his office, into his office uh, colluding with Russia. Uh, Trump has always said he didn't do that. So if you didn't do it, then you <laughs> why not sit down and answer questions if you know you're innocent. But we all know that Trump is guilty. He's guilty as hell. He's afraid of incriminating himself. He's afraid of... Uh, uh, that Robert Mueller might sit him down and say, "Hey, wow, you either got to resign or you're going to jail." You know, it, it, it's 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 baffling that he will not do this unless he is exactly, completely, and totally guilty. President Trump said Wednesday it is unlikely he will sit down with Special Counselor Counsel uh, Robert Mueller for an interview, arguing that there is no collusion between his campaign in Russia. If there is no collusion between your campaign and Russia, why not sit down with him? If there's no collusion, then there's no conclusion. But there is collusion. That's why he will not sit down with him. Donald Trump is lying. Trump repeatedly dodged whether he would submit to an interview with Mueller by citing his claim that there was no collusion during 2016 presidential elections, which is a lie. There is there, there was collusion. There's so much um, 
proof to it. The uh, proof. I mean, a lot of these agencies uh, and emails, and there's so much proof to collusion. And Donald Trump is still saying there is no collusion, and we know there was collusion. Robert Mueller knows that there was collusion, and the reason why Trump will not submit to an interview with Robert Mueller because he knows there was collusion. He'll be he'll incriminate himself, and I'm pretty sure his lawyers are saying, telling him not to. Uh, submit to this interview because they know Trump will get there and he'll he'll go crazy and start saying a lot of mess that that will probably get him locked up right then and there you know so and and Trump says well we'll see what happens the president says when passed by a reporter on Wednesday he always said we'll see what happens and nothing ever happens the guy doesn't have a uh, he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't have good diction he doesn't have a good uh of good vocabulary and uh you know and he doesn't have class you know we'll see what happens uh when they have no collusion uh it seems unlikely that you uh uh even have an interview and i mean why if he's innocent and there's no collusion why not sit down with the special counsel who's investigating it and say hey well there is no collusion and answer his questions because he, he is afraid that um uh he may incriminate himself because Donald Trump totally totally had was in collusion with Russia give me a break it, there is so much proof to that there's so much proof multiple reports this week said that Mueller is likely to interview Trump in the coming weeks as a part of the special counsel investigation into Russia meddling into the 2016 elections all right in a NBC News reported that Trump's lawyers have discussed whether to ask for stipulations to the interview, such as answering questions in writing or signing an affidavit asserting the president's innocence. Give me a break. Trump is not innocent of anything. This man is totally, totally guilty. America knows it. The world knows it. But the only person that doesn't know it is Donald Trump, it seems. But now he's refusing to meet with the... Um, they what they should do is send this guy uh send him give him and subpoena subpoena him where he has to come he has to show up but trump has got about four or five lawyers (laughs) on his payroll and they're giving him advice you know because they know what he's like and these lawyers that he has on his payroll they're crooked they're just as crooked as he is trying to they're trying to save his ass even though they know this guy it colluded with russia and to win the to, to win the election he colluded he, he the guy stood in front of the camera and said russia if you're listening everybody remembers that infamous video and he was serious he was serious he was very very serious and now by him not showing his taxes for over a year, two years, not showing his taxes when other presidential candidates shown there, Donald Trump, uh, a lot of people are alluding to money laundering, money laundering. And maybe uh, Mueller has, has his um, taxes, has his taxes. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. 
Thanks for listening to the first time. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.